0: Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, RockAuto.com, State Farm, and WeatherTech. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, Brian Robinson.
1: Whoa, I got my own intro there. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, this is Podcast 160, uh, going without our host, uh, John Davis, today on a much-deserved Vacation at an undisclosed location. We don't to uh, uh,
2: Come and ask for
3: autographs, for all
1: right? All right. <laughs> uh, joining me is our uh, new online content coordinator, Greg Carlos.
3: Uh, yeah, it's still, still me.
1: Uh, our writer and researcher, Gary zeichen That's me. Always worth the wait. <laughs> and our video <laughs> editor and podcast producer, Joe Lago.
2: Glad to be here. All right.
1: And uh, thanks to all of us joining us on Facebook Live. Be sure to uh, send us a question if you have something as we're going on here or uh, just want to rant and rave about something. (laughs) Uh, We'll have our rant and rave as well as lightning round and a viewer question. But first, uh, look at some stuff we got on the show for you coming up. $20,000 compact sedan challenge. Our usual uh, lookwithcars.com over a certain segment uh this one we did recently and uh no surprise honda civic is the winner i can hear the groans out there already in radio land
3: it, i mean that's really honestly real no surprise though right i mean because it's a brand you new guys, civic I knew, right? you guys obviously you're human you go into this thing and you have an idea of what's going to happen now you're testing the car but i mean you kind of know what What's going to happen?
1: Yeah, sometimes you have to make an excuse why, or you have to try to figure out why the Honda won when you look through all the scores. But I mean, it was clearly the best of the bunch this time around. It's got tons of room in there. The thing drives spectacular. Uh, it had the most horsepower and the best fuel economy. I mean, it's. Now, was it much the turbo the
2: Civic, or was it the, the naturally yes. aspirated one
1: that yes, you had? Yeah, 1.5 turbo. Okay. Uh $23,000 price cap. And uh, I guess the big surprise, well, second place was Kia Forte. A little bit of a surprise, mainly because it's big price advantage, and also it had a lot of safety tech that the others didn't have, which got us some bonus points like lane-keep assist, although it wasn't the greatest lane-keep assist system. Uh, Subaru Impreza was up there. Um, maybe that's a little bit of a surprise, but I think we've all Go liked Subaru. the Impreza. Hmm. Yeah, it's got the only one with all-wheel drive. And uh, you know, one of the cheapest ones there as well.
3: Is that still something that people really want when you do the um, when you have somebody, an actual buyer, somebody in the market come on? Are they still really interested in all-wheel drive? I think in in this in this segment, it's. You don't really see it, so
1: I think it depends on markets and obviously Northeast and you know Snow Belt and all that. But also uh, dealers like Avening as a bargaining chip. You know, someone's going back and forth between an Impreza or Civic, and they finally say, "Hey, we're cheaper and we have all-wheel drive." As yeah, I was so gonna say, I that's the that big
2: is, thing well, is that you don't. There's not really a price premium compared to the other brands. Right, right. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Volkswagen Jetta fourth. Probably the biggest surprise was. Mazda 3, not even in the top four. I don't know where it ended up. That wins pretty much everyone else's comparisons, and uh, that's a great car, and and I've recommended it to many people. But um, this comparison takes everything into account, uh, and that includes noise, which the Mazda 3 is a noisy car, and uh, also room. uh, has the least room out of uh, pretty much everything in the segment. So obviously it's the most fun to drive, and in a lot of ways it People prefer that, and if you do, uh, certainly a good option. But
3: uh, so the Corolla's on Corolla the top four. is not Corolla Corolla's not up there, uh, despite what
1: Toyota keeps telling us about how much more exciting it is. It hasn't quite uh, got it there yet. But <laughs> well, people buy also, it. Obviously. Yeah, I know it's uh, the best-selling car of all time. Um, so obviously, people do buy it, and people that do buy it like it. Um, uh, and these things, it's just kind of bland for everyone, you know, styling. It's not there. Ride and handling, you know, is not up there with the Civic for sure.
2: We got uh, a question actually uh-oh. from uh, Mike on Facebook. Wants to know about the interior quality on these compact cars. He mentions uh-huh. the Chevy Cruze. Are the Americans keeping pace with the other brands? I mean, what were the who were the best interiors in that? That competition? was good.
1: That's a very good question because going in, Cruze was also did not make it in our top four. And going in, I w- I fully expected it to be. And that was actually one of the things that graded it down was uh, just interior quality. They have that new look, which I like the new look, and I like their controls. But I mean, you spend some spend some time in them, and uh, yeah, it just falls short. So
3: to get to the twenty three thousand dollar price cap, uh, are they are these cars coming with a lot of hard plastics? I would imagine, or these are these? You'd have to remind me of the the. Um, the price range for these cars? Um, are these coming nicely equipped? Most of them?
1: Uh, or? Well, it's it's a hit and miss. I mean, you can they come up. We come up with the numbers based on basically average transaction price, and uh, so we come up with a number with that. And then it's up to the manufacturer. Some will choose like Kia, packed in a bunch of safety features, stuff like that, because uh, that scores high. Um, features always. Score high. People love to see and have, and safety features. Or you can. Some manufacturers will go with like a sport package to give a better ride and handling, yeah. or whatever. So, but, but that class cool in
2: general is what usually like seventeen grand up to twenty five grand is kind of like when I think if I'm shopping
0: for a car in that class, that's usually yeah, like uh, that's a little
1: higher than that, yeah, like more in high teens to yeah mid to higher twenties. So,
0: but I think what's interesting about all four of these and some of the ones that didn't make the top four is. It used to be when you got a compact car, you had to sacrifice everything except gas mileage, and and that's that's not not the case anymore. You know, you you get you're getting a lot in these smaller cars.
1: Yeah, we've talked about that a lot. You know, the death of midsize sedan sales just yeah. keeps plummeting, but a lot of it is because the compacts you get everything you got in a midsize. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ten years ago,
2: and there's, I mean, you pull one of these up next to a '96 Camry, it's probably bigger. Yeah, you yeah.
1: know, certainly more interior space, for sure. Alright, let's move on. Something much, much more exciting. Although, you know, Honda Civic is a pretty exciting car. Uh nine eleven GT three Porsche. Uh Greg just got back from Spain. I did. And drove it on a track.
3: I did. I did both of those things. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't wanna come off as sounding like a Porsche fanboy, but um, but you are now I, yeah <laughs> I, I am uh, no i, I always like porsche products and it's hard not to um there's a reason why so many people love them especially in the automotive journalist community um but yeah i mean what a trip uh, they flew me over to spain uh i got to drive the i started out in the day um on the street and like every other porsche it handles itself really well it's tight yeah um I was in the sport bucket seats, which were surprisingly comfortable all day, uh, but they're really made for track work because they really hold you in there. But, um, yeah, it handles itself really well in the street and then uh, to the track. It is it is basically a race car. It's The new engine is a 4-liter flat 6, naturally aspirated. Um, the 911 is now all-turbo. The GT3 does right. not have so, a turbo engine. So it's engine. the only
2: 911 you can buy with a non-turbo engine, right? Uh, I, I think that's correct. So, right yeah. And yeah. well, and then all the Cayman Boxer stuff is turbocharged now too, right? Mm-hmm. Correct.
3: Right. It is. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. This is. Uh, this engine was taken directly from the GT3 Cup car. Um, obviously made street legal and everything like that. 500 horsepower, which we can easily forget, is still a lot of horsepower. I know the Demon just came out with over 800, but 500 horsepower still is really more than you need. Um, and this, But this is a track car, and it's got a top speed of like 197, 198, I think, with the manual. And there it is. There's a manual transmission that f- came back to the GT3. The last iteration only had a PDK, which is a great transmission. Everybody loves it. I'm not going to go any further than that. But now you can get the manual as a, a no-cost option, <laughs> and I would highly recommend it because it's great. Um, well
1: the pdk is like half a second faster to 60 though right yeah it is there, you're
3: there, down yeah. to 3.2 seconds i think right. zero to 60 in the pdk 3.8 uh with the manual but this thing isn't a, to me this thing's not like about zero to 60 like the 911 turbo is it 911 turbo will go i think we got it down to like two eight right yeah something it's like crazy. that this is about full on track performance and it handles the track very well the track we were on was uh kind of a tight course it wasn't very big so we didn't get to notice any downforce changes there's more downforce the wing the wing on the back is about three quarters of an inch higher than the previous one there's a new diffuser so there's like 20 percent more downforce you don't really notice that until you get to the really high speeds maybe a roebling if we have one i hope we do watch <laughs> um, if you're listening we will be able to notice that four-wheel steering is added Um,
2: is that new for porsche it's new for
3: the gt3 Mm -hmm. it was in other models but uh again just really impressed with it it's it's got a 9,000 rpm red line which is really hard to bring yourself to take it up that far because you're so used to shifting it maybe six or seven if you're lucky right this goes all the way up to nine and it's just a beautiful Mm -hmm. sounding engine Mm -hmm. So, so
1: yeah everyone looks at the porsche the 911 turbo as being like the ultimate 911 but as you, as you mentioned, this is the one that all the race cars are based on. Mm-hmm. And so, why, why would, would you agree with that? Or would you say this is? Or, like, if you got some race guys, like, which one should I buy? Like, what would you tell them?
3: Uh, for me, it is oh. the GT3. Um, this was the first GT3 that I drove, actually. And I was in that category thinking that 911 Turbo was the best one that I had driven at the time. Uh, now, this is, this is what Porsche has right now in terms of 911s. This is the top car i think in terms of performance and it will i think it just actually broke a nurburgring record too recently it is beat it, the previous one by like 14 or 17 seconds or is something. it all-wheel
2: drive or is it no it's mm-hmm. a
3: simple it's a purely rear-wheel drive yeah and so like
2: to in your rich guy comparison you have turbo which is more horsepower all-wheel mm-hmm. drive and then the gt3 which is less horsepower not all-wheel drive but you're saying it just is so much better Feeling, handling, all that stuff. You it's,
3: think it's- the the turbo was balanced. This thing is even more so. It's you know it doesn't have the all wheel drive, so there's even less weight in the front end. Everything yeah. about it is made to go fast, as fast as possible on the racetrack. And I was even talking to some of their engineers and their PR people. And I'm always skeptical about how many people take these things to the track. But he actually said that most of their buyers, I think like 80% of them, do take it to the track. And that's from talking to them and getting uh, customer surveys and things like that. So that's, it warms my heart to know yeah, that they're, they're work, actually uh, using to the them. track. Yeah. I'm
1: sure they're towing it there with their Cayenne <laughs> too. Yeah.
3: I hate those guys. Anyway, fun car, fun car.
1: Uh, now for something even more exciting, if you can believe it. <laughs> Garik Zeichen is going to give us a rundown of the Volkswagen Atlas crossover well, it's SUV.
0: A new, it, it's a new vehicle, so
2: it is exciting. Right. Um, it's exciting for the Volkswagen dealerships that are going to finally have a three-row
0: SUV. You know, well, it is. To,
2: looking forward to making serious cash, right? On that.
0: Well, and and one of the things about that three rows, I put it to the get in the back seat, the third row test. Um, I'm six feet tall, and like five and a half feet of that is legs, so. Um, I was able to sit in the back seat, have about an inch between my my knees and that second row, which slides, which I think is a very nice feature. And then I sat there and had about another inch between my knees and where the driver's seat was. So there was enough room. Um, they – when they were doing their presentation, they were talking about it's for seven adults as opposed to seven passengers. So um, I – I think it scored well on that. at 16 and a half feet long. It's longer than the new uh, long wheelbase Tiguan. Um, I enjoyed driving it. Um, we had the six cylinder, which is checking my notes two seventy six horsepower. We did not have the four cylinder, which is two hundred thirty five horsepower. So and the
1: only way you can get all wheel drive is to get the six, right? Correct. That that's
0: yeah. that's 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 correct. Um, and I like you all are always talking about the you know drive it in, in sport mode. And in this particular case, I preferred it in, in sport mode. It just it accelerated a little faster. The steering was, was a little tighter. Um, so, so there definitely was, was a difference. What's interesting between the four cylinder and the six cylinder, the torque is not that much difference. For the four cylinder, it's 258. Six cylinder, it's 266. So, you know, if that's a deciding factor for you, it's, yeah. it's pretty close.
1: That's what a turbo will do for
0: you, <laughs> yeah.
2: right? And the the price difference isn't that much either. It's like almost like two grand for the engine or whatever. Right, which right. You figure once you start putting on options and packages and stuff, you know, if you're a family is going out and buying a seven row Volkswagen, probably not going to matter that much to them. True,
0: and and they expect that most of their customers will get this, the the six cylinder model. So, and having driven that, I would probably suggest that.
1: So uh, clearly going up against Honda Pilot toward a Highlander. Um, Correct TMC Acadia stuff like that. How do you think it's going to? Uh, how do you think it's going to fare against them being the, their first three row crossover?
0: Well, I think they 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 did a good job. Um, you know, the interior is what we're seeing from Volkswagen now. It's you know, it's, it's very you know uh, uh, functional and and there's everything that you need is is there for for a daily driver. I, I think it's you know it's it it, it would do the job. Um, so it's based I, I on the
1: l- Passat, right?
0: Correct, yeah. right, and, and it's built in the, the same factory. It's interesting. Well, we just um, story just today on our website that Volkswagen is going to have 19 SUVs globally. Is their goal, and the, geez, uh, by 2020, I, I believe. 2025. 2025. Oh, no, 2020. One uh, of tw- yeah, I, don't I think we yeah, yeah, a couple one, of different, different news stories. One of those. Sometime so, in the future. <laughs> so, <laughs> sometime way into the future. So, it's, and so they're going to have two um, that they're launching this year, and another. Five next year. Mm. So, you know, they're definitely, you know, geared toward SUVs, as you yeah. pointed out. It's worked
2: for Chrysler.
0: Right. So. For, for other automakers. Yeah, I edited the uh,
2: quick spin for it, which you can see on MotorWeek. And uh, I thought styling-wise, I think it's one of the better looking yeah. three-row SUVs or crossovers because it's just not as blobby. Like, sometimes, you know, I don't know, I'm not loving like the Mazda CX-9. Some of those, they just can look a little too, like, blobby for me. That mm. one does look squared off kind of macho um you know i don't know kind of what i feel like the explorer could look like if it wanted to be a little manlier i don't know it it it, uh (laughs) i don't know i just i'm not i'm not in the market for one so maybe it doesn't really matter what i think but i think that the the atlas
0: is a is a good looking three-row suv right right and i'm not in the market for one either but i enjoy driving it so um it was it was fun
1: right on Moving and old? I was
0: in I was in Austin, Texas. Did not get to go to Spain, so I didn't need a passport.
1: Oh, Austin's cool. I yeah. like Austin. Did you check out some clubs? Go downtown.
0: Uh, these are work trips.
1: Come on, it's all business. It's like all business. Yeah, fun. one
0: of our producers is on
2: a real okay. serious work trip right now too. You know,
1: it's always time to uh, release your inner hipster yeah. in Austin. Man. Well, I'm not hip enough, obviously. Uh, there we go. <laughs> just button that top button. And all right, moving on to our lightning round. Uh, we have two minutes to debate uh, or discuss. I'm not sure that we actually really debate, debate, but
0: we well, do discuss. We're gonna, we're gonna discuss. go at it today. Yeah, we're right. gonna.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, uh, with nice weather, car show season is starting. Thirty years from now, when we all drive autonomous EV crossovers. <laughs> oh no! You, did you write this? See, yes, I wrote gonna, that. That's right. my. my See, I guess
3: technically right. we don't drive, so <laughs> when we're riding in <laughs> yeah. autonomous.
2: EV when our autonomous
1: e v EV crossovers are shuttling us around mm. uh what collectible cars from today will we see at car shows, or will we even have car shows
3: yeah <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: oh, I'm right. sure we will okay, yes.
3: people always like to uh enjoy the past um well, I guess cars anything too, with a well. manual anything
2: anything with a manual yes, transmission? America, the
3: g t three might even be in there um that'll be one that That's I a think good there'll point. probably be plenty of examples hanging around or at least i hope there will be plenty of examples hanging around to could show your kids like yeah i used to actually shift my own gears and you see that third pedal <laughs> that back was, in your it's day this thing called a clutch it's uh it's pretty pretty remarkable I, I
2: think the obvious one is that any kind of any of the hellcat stuff that chrysler makes you know the mm. dodges the if Jeep there's track any left it might all be wrecked i mean yeah <laughs> if you
3: can find a clean one that has never been mm. in an accident they're gonna
2: they're gonna be the future equivalent of like what the the Superbird and the you know charger daytona or whatever cars are they're gonna be the ones that you pull them out of barns and they're worth you know 300 grand that, that might mm. be
3: the guy and i don't know how to say this without sounding like i'm uh, taking a shot at anybody <laughs> but i'll just go ahead and say it uh, like the the peaked in high school kind of guy I, it's just <laughs> when i think of the hellcat in 30 years with some guy sitting in front of his car it's going to be that peaked in high school guy probably still wearing his leatherman jacket saying like yeah i used to cruise around in this and get all the chicks and i don't know that's it's, what all car shows are about man
1: i mean yeah the problem is nobody in high
2: school can afford those people it. in
1: those stories can afford mm-hmm. one
2: But I think – what about some of the stranger ones? I mean, I think we just had a Chevy SS in. Well, that's going to be – Stuff
3: like like the BMW i8 will definitely be in there because that's one of the forefront – like one of the cars at the forefront of the uh, movement towards plug-in hybrid Hmm.
2: performance. I was thinking Tesla
1: Model S too. Oh, yeah. That's That's a good one, yeah.
2: but, but I, th- I think, like, Chevy SS, there was – and, of course, anything that's a Pontiac. I mean, any of those brands that all got killed off Aztec in 2020. Sure. People would well, be rolling up in an Aztec. The, I mean, there's there's some people that really get into collecting weird stuff. I guarantee you you'll see, you'll see those. And they'll be worth extra if they have the pop-up camper tent that came with the yeah. Aztec that was, like, a dealer option. I don't know if anybody remembers that. I
1: remember. Yeah, I went on that launch when that came out. They had them
3: there. Maybe a Miata. A Miata might be there with uh... – It'd probably be lost in the sea, because the way we're trending now, we'll be all driving big rigs in 30 years. If if we're not doing autonomous EVs, it'll be autonomous EV big rigs,
2: <laughs> and the Miata will probably saw, be run over. Last weekend, I saw a Miata at a car show that had a V8 in it. It had like a Cobra V8. Yeah, I thought, I've seen that. sounds kind of deadly. Yeah, I think
1: Miata sales are actually up. I mean, I think people are still going to be looking for I just actually
2: received
3: a note that we are uh, getting a— rf in like today oh really yeah mm-hmm. so,
1: so.
2: Well, stay tuned well i mean we're, uh, we're over our time but you finish yeah. your thought no
1: i'm just saying i think we'll you know by that point maybe we'll have some small sporty evs you know or whatever that'll
2: that be carrying be. on
1: that tradition all right uh viewer question adam from ashton maryland i am doing a school project on the difference between super uh, slash hyper cars and regular sport cars I have watched some of your episode segments about supercars. Would someone at MotorWeek tell me about some of the engineering differences that make a car a supercar? Thank you for taking the time to read my email. Well, you're very welcome, uh, Adam. And-,
0: and thank you for asking that question because yeah, I'm curious about we that. We just yeah. happen to work at MotorWeek too. <laughs> uh,
1: anybody have a answer for uh, Adam
3: here? I don't think there's one specific definition. Uh, maybe somebody has formulated one but i've never come across it if i had to define it um i'll put it in terms of cars right now so you you could call let's say like a base 911 we'll call that a sports car then let's jump into i think you could you could basically put a 911 turbo into supercar territory based on the numbers which i think you have to take into account you have to take into account Horsepower numbers, zero to sixty time, performance numbers. Yeah. A hypercar to me would be jumping up into like a Pagani or like, like they a, build like five yeah. a year. Oh, yeah, know? exactly. Bugatti Veyron. Okay, mm-hmm. Stuff like something that. with like over a thousand horsepower. We
2: yeah. might,
3: we might even because well, and we the s-
2: hypercar is kind of a new lexic, like a new word mm-hmm. in like what the last five years. Like because I don't remember when anybody somebody built saying a hypercar
3: so super. They're like that is hyper.
2: <laughs> yeah, because I always thought. You know, when I first started getting into cars, like I thought supercars was anything that did a sub four second zero to sixty. But I mean, there's that's like that's not even any kind of benchmark anymore right, because right, right. there's it, there's muscle cars. It that has do that. changed
3: as history is going on. You're you're right there. But uh, I mean, if we can try and give like a solid definition, what do you, th- will we base it on horsepower more than that? I would anything, think the biggest engineering numbers?
1: difference would be the numbers on people's bank accounts they can <laughs> afford them. I mean, <laughs> so, anything so you would, over a million dollars to me would be a hypercar.
2: Well, so, you, so you would tell Adam that what, like okay. 250, or so 200,000 makes it a supercar and a million makes it a hypercar?
3: I don't know. That's a good place. I, I think that's a good place to start. Me. yeah. I mean, th- yeah, take into account um, price. Uh, zero to 60 time and how many are made. The, there's a wide range of sports cars, so you're going to go from anywhere from like a Mustang, and I guess you could even consider a Miata maybe, sports car. Sports yeah. car, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it goes all the way up until like a 911 and maybe some area around there. Say
2: like a, a lower end Corvette, it's a sports car, but then like a ZR1, mm-hmm. you know. Is this. So I don't know if we have an actual good answer for Adam or not. What it's about that?
0: horsepower? Is it could, is there a dividing line of horsepower? Would you say, say the thousand a, good, no, the okay. yeah, a thousand was a good the hyper? Whoever threw that, out yeah, way that's super.
1: Super, uh,
3: hey, five hundred, maybe six hundred. I'd yeah, I'd say now it's probably pushing closer to six hundred. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah, we'll call it. Let's call it six hundred. Okay, so if we we're going to come <laughs> all up right. with, a, with a rough all this scale, stuff down. we got. Yeah. I'm go trying to help
2: you out, Adam.
0: because we so, got to <laughs> go to Wikipedia, but then see,
3: but then you have to take into other things. So the Porsche 911 Turbo S doesn't reach 600 horsepower, okay. but it goes 0 to 60 in 2.8 seconds, oh. which I think bumps it up into a supercar. Okay. So, you, again, you have to find these different uh, parameters and then combine them and then make your decision because okay. each one affects mm. the other.
0: Okay. Yeah. And what about 0 to 60? What, what's the cutoff between? I think sub,
3: on sub three. Sub we'll three. Automatically puts it in the class. Well, super. is sub three yeah.
0: hyper? What's hyper? Sub three or sub like, sub, like two sub, two six. sub two 26 Sub two
3: six. I like like hyper? Said two seven. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: okay. So if we're, we're trying to visualize. So <laughs> hyper car, I think we've got good. It's a million dollars or a thousand horsepower or 2. sub yeah, two point yeah. 2. seven. Yeah. Okay. So then supercar is a little murkier. So what are we saying? Over 200,000? price you know price yeah that's what they were saying. and then over around 600 ish or more horsepower mm-hmm. and then sub three or if, well, well the problem is like what about dodge viper dodge viper is three to, you know 3.3 seconds to 60 so what if we now, say i think the
3: acr got down to than that, than that. three. Yeah. yeah really i yeah, thought yeah, it yeah. was like mid threes uh, the viper acr is certainly a supercar now maybe a base gts yeah. I don't know if that mm, yeah,
2: that'd be more of well, a sports maybe of car. Maybe put
3: supercars in there from like
2: I I would say like 33 three to 28 0 to 60 times, like make it a range. So-
3: um, I think, Adam, that this is going to be a very long paper once yeah. you to discuss. <laughs> if, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. listen
2: to us. Single space. Don't right, double yeah. space. Right. Single space size there. 12 times New Roman. Just um, make something <laughs> up and uh, make sure all your spelling and grammar you is you all right. Wow, if you see it and go,
3: wow, that's a supercar. If you
1: see it and go,
2: holy crap, that's a hypercar. <laughs> and if you see it and go, like, that's my friend's dad, then it's probably just <laughs> a sports car. Yeah, right? there. there you
1: go. All right. Uh, anything on anybody's <laughs> mind as far as a rant or a rave?
2: I've got a rave. All I've right. got I A life. rave? All right. Rave, yes. Mm-ts, mm-ts, mm-ts. I didn't bring my glow sticks. But no, um, I had took our, our VW Passat for the weekend, and it has lane-keeping assist, but I don't think, or else it's turned off, it does not have lane departure warning, or maybe it does and it was turned off, but I do not like lane departure warning. I don't It's beeping at me, and it's nagging at me, but I actually kind of like lane-keep assist, where it just kind of like gently like nudges you back into the lane. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm lazy, Maybe I'm a bad driver. I don't know, but I I do not mind lane keeping assist versus lane departure warning. Lane departure warning is annoying. It may, it makes my wife think I'm a bad driver. You know all that stuff. Cause, but I like lane keeping assist because we had an Acura TLX that had it. We had other stuff. You know other long term test cars that had it, and I actually kind of like it. I think it's just nice to kind of get like a Little nudge every now and then to keep you, you know, on the ball. It has to
3: be the right system. Um, I know some of them can lose the markings very easily.
2: Well, yeah, and then you're just like, Why does it even have it if it can't, if some it can't, of, or if it doesn't work?
3: Some of them are too aggressive getting you back into the lane, mm-hmm. but you're right.
2: I think there are a few systems out there, right? I
3: haven't noticed the one in our Passat, but if they can just gently nudge you back so that you don't really notice it, but um, maybe subconsciously you know something's back yeah. there helping, yeah.
2: Yeah, I have driven, I guess, yeah, I have driven, I don't know if it was a Volvo or what it was, that it was a little too aggressive, it would, mm-hmm. you know, and you'd be like, whoa, easy, easy there, hoss. Well, nice, <laughs> nice. That's <laughs> my right. term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I coined that. So, so I, didn't, I didn't mind that, but, yeah, I, I, lane-keeping assist, you know, I know sometimes some of these safety features get a little bit of hate for being, like, too intrusive, but I, I don't mind it. It's one of, the, one of the things I don't mind, safety-wise. Nice, finally raved about something.
1: Really, yeah. woo! Well done, Joe. I guess that's it.
2: All
3: right, that's all the paper says.
1: We'll uh, thank our audio engineer Jim Bigwood mm-hmm. and our creator of this podcast, for better or worse, Bob Mixter, and of course our producer uh, Joe Lago. Thank and uh, all nice of again. you uh, glad to be here. tuning in on Facebook live and uh, be sure to keep watching Motorweek and keep in touch and follow us with all the usual spaces and uh, thanks again.
0: You've been listening to the podcast of Motorweek, television's original automotive magazine. Motorweek is made possible by tirerack.com, rockauto.com, State Farm, and Weathertech. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch MotorWeek, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.